And a very good Thursday morning to you, Marlins Nation. Thanks for wanting with us, Steven Strom here. Dramatic would be an understatement. Gutty would be an understatement. The Marlins battled back multiple times to beat the Phillies. As always, for the recap, here's your radio voice of the Miami Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, never in doubt here at Lone Depot Park tonight. That's a terrific win for the Miami Marlins. In 12, they knock off the Phillies by a final score of 9-8. to The Marlins, for the 24th time this season, have won a one-run game. And for the seventh time this season, they've done it in walk-off fashion here at Lone Depot Park. This is the 10th inning show. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Gabby was with us for a majority of the night. He's got to pull double duty tonight. I wish I had him here for his analysis right now, but it's okay. We'll make sure that we catch up with Gabby for all the analysis from this ball game tomorrow. But what an unbelievable night. We've got all 15 highlights coming your way in just a moment. But as you take a look at this ball game and just looking at the box score from this game tonight, Luis Arise was one for six. Jorge Soler was one for six, but he hit a massive homer. Josh Bell in his first game as a Miami Marlin went four for five. His season average went from 233 to 241. He was the hero. Jazz had a big homer. Avi Garcia was 0 for 4. Jake Berger was 2 for 4. He was hit by a pitch. The hero tonight was Jesus Sanchez. He was 3 for 5 at the plate with a couple of RBIs. Top to bottom, when you make the moves that this ball club did yesterday, I'm telling you right now, there is a different sense of energy in that clubhouse. And the lineup is a lot different. The team is flat out better. And the Miami Marlins got better yesterday. And it, it it proved to win the game for him today. There, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Skip Schumacher unloaded on everybody except Puck and Scoriano in his bullpen. And Tanner Scott wins the damn thing. So, unbelievable. Just an unbelievable night here at Lone Depot Park. And I, I know it's recency bias, but there's no way anybody could tell me where the Marlins are at at this juncture in the season. They were 4-12 and coming out of the All-Star break. Now 5-12 and through 17 games coming out of the break. But you cannot tell me. There's no way that you can tell me that this is not the best win of the season given the way that it transpired down to the final strike, down to their final out in the 11th inning of the newcomer Bell's the hero. All right. Let's... Uh, Let's take a few minutes here and try to walk our way through this ball game tonight and break it down and just chat about this thing together. Braxton Garrett was going opposite of Zach Wheeler in this ball game this evening. Garrett worked a perfect first and a perfect second. Zach Wheeler worked around a leadoff single in the first and a two-out single in the second. Both sides came up empty in the third. Garrett worked around a double in the third inning. The scoring started in the fourth inning tonight. When Alec Bohm led off the fourth with a single, what followed was a Bryce Harper double, and then Nick Castellanos put the first run on the board and broke the ice in this ballgame this evening. 0-1 pitch is shot into center field. That's a base hit. Bohm's going to score easily. Harper's going to get held up at third. And the Philadelphia Phillies have a 1-0 lead, courtesy of Nick Castellanos. And the next man to bat following Castellanos was Bryson Stott. 2-2 is a shot past Berger at third into left field. Harper's going to score. And now the Philadelphia Phillies lead 2-0 thanks to Bryson Stott's RBI single to left. So the Phillies got two runs on four hits in the top of the fourth inning. Garrett was able to get Turner to fly out. Sosa struck out looking. Stubbs grounded out. It became a manageable fourth inning for Braxton Garrett. 
Marlins went quietly. They had the leadoff man aboard facing Zach Wheeler in the fourth inning. Both sides came up empty in the fifth. In the sixth is where it really turned disastrous for the Marlins here tonight. Braxton Garrett got the first man, Bryson Stott. Well, he was asked to get him, but he walked him. Waskar Brazoban then came in the ball game. He walked Trey Turner. He hit Edmundo Sosa, and the bases were loaded with nobody out in the sixth inning for Garrett Stubbs. The 3-2 pitch is outside ball four. He walked in a run, and here comes Skip. So Stubbs walks, and that brought Skip out, and Stephen Okert came in. Okert struck out Johan Rojas looking. He got Kyle Schwarber to pop out to the second baseman, Luis Arise, and he had Alec Bohm in a two-strike hole. 2-2 two -two is a line drive over the head of Jake Berger into left field, the base knock. Two runs are going to score. Going first to third is Garrett Stubbs. Bohm is in safely at second base with a two-out, two-run double. And the Philadelphia Phillies have a 5-0 lead. And I'll tell you what, when it's 5-0 and they walk four and hit a guy and allow that two-out, two-run double, they're in the top of the sixth inning. You're thinking uh, we've got ourselves an issue. Phillies had a 5-0 lead after 5.5 in this ballgame tonight. Bottom of the sixth inning, after Jorge Soler struck out looking, Josh Bell came to the plate, and his bottom of the sixth inning at bat proved to be the start of an unbelievable Marlins debut for Josh Bell this evening. The 2-1 pitch is swung on and hit high and deep right field. Castellanos is going back. Look it up. Goodbye. Josh Bell with a bomb. Welcome to Miami, Josh Bell. It's his 12th of the season. The Marlins are on the scoreboard, trailing 5-1 here in the sixth. And who sauntered to the plate after Josh Bell? This lineup looking a little bit different these days. It was Jazz Chisholm Jr. Here's Jazz, and he swings and hits it high in the air, deep right field. Forget about it. They go back to back. Bell and Jazz. Now it's 5-2. I think Zach Wheeler wants that. So the Marlins got a couple of runs on three hits. They leave a man on base in the bottom of the sixth inning. We would go to the seventh. J.T. Shagwa came on for Miami, allowed a leadoff single, uh, but then he got the 6-4-3 double play ball off the bat of Trey Turner and struck out Edmundo Sosa, and that ended any potential threat in the seventh. Marlins came up empty in the seventh inning. Matt Strom started that inning for Philadelphia. Wheeler went six. He allowed two runs, five hits, a walk, and four strikeouts. Birdie pinch hit to start the bottom of the seventh inning, and he would ultimately have a really good, nice night here this evening. He doubled. Marlins could not get anything going. Uh, let's see here. Then we move to the top of the eighth. JT Shagwa was actually terrific tonight. He really saved this Marlins bullpen. He worked two innings. He worked around a leadoff walk in the eighth inning. So we would go to the bottom of the eighth inning tonight. It was 5-2 to two Philadelphia. In the bottom of the eighth, with Matt Strom in the ball game, he allowed a leadoff single to Josh Bell. So at that juncture, he was two for three. Then he struck out Jazz Chisholm Jr. But then there was a walk to Avi Garcia. That brought out Rob Thompson. Jeff Hoffman came in. He walked Jake Berger. The bases were loaded. The Marlins were trailing by three in the bottom of the eighth. Hoffman is struggling. The 3-0 pitch. He walked a ball four. He missed with a fastball. The Phillies on the mound are returning the favor here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Hoffman walks in a run. Bell touches home plate. Now it's 5-3. to three. And the bases were still loaded. 
with one out in the bottom of the eighth inning for John Birdie. One and two the count to John Birdie. Bases full with one out here in the eighth. And the pitch is a ground ball hit out towards shortstop. Turner's got it. The only play is the first. Birdie knocks in a run. The putout goes six to three. And now the Marlins trail five to four. They've got runners at second and third base with two outs here in the bottom of the eighth. They are scratching and clawing. So it was 5-4. Birdie knocked in the run to make it 5-4. Yuli Gurriel pinch hit for Nick Fortes. First pitch swinging off of Jeff Hoffman. He hit a fly ball to center field, and that ended the threat for the Marlins in the eighth. But at that juncture, they were simply trailing by a run. Ninth inning for Miami. It was Andrew Nardi's turn off the injured list. We had not seen him in a month. Struck out Bryce Harper. Castellanos singled. Stott reached on the fielder's choice. 5-6 put out. Then he struck out. Uh, Trey Turner, and that was all for the Phillies in the top of the ninth. It was 5-4 Philadelphia going to the bottom of the ninth inning tonight. I would love to hear from Rob Thompson postgame. He did not bring in Sir Anthony Dominguez, who closed the game last night, or Craig Kimbrell from Monday night. Kimbrell would pitch in this ballgame, but more on that in just a moment. It was the top of the order due up for the Marlins in the bottom of the ninth inning. Gregory Soto was in. The first man that he faced was Luis Arise. He flew out to center field. And the next man to the plate representing the tying run for the Marlins in the bottom of the ninth inning, it was Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is at the plate. He has crushed lefties this season. First pitch, Soler swings in the air. Right center field! Deep! Going back! Goodbye! Jorge Soler has tied the ball game at five here in the bottom of the ninth. He's done it. He went deep. His 26th home run of the season comes with one out and nobody on here in the bottom of the ninth. The Marlins have come all the way back. We're tied at five. So Jorge Soler tied the ball game at five in the bottom of the ninth inning. Josh Bell then singled, but Jazz Chisholm Jr. wrapped into an inning-ending double play in the bottom of the ninth inning. That would send this puppy to extras this evening. The ghost runner at second base in the top of the tenth inning was Trey Turner. On for the Marlins was the former Philly David Robertson. Remember, he coughed up a two-run home run to Nick Castellanos in the ninth inning last night. Phillies won game two, three to one. Tonight, the first man that he faced was his former teammate and a pinch hitter in this ballgame this evening, Brandon Marsh. 2-1 pitch. Burgers in at third. Here's a swing and a ball lifted in the air. Deep center field. Jazz is going back, still going back at the wall, and it's gone. You have got to be kidding me. Brandon Marsh with a two-run pinch hit home run here in the top of the 10th inning. So the Phillies get two in the 10th. Robertson coughs up the two-run homer. We would go to the bottom of the 10th inning. The Marlins were trailing 7-5. to five. Into the ball game then for the Phillies was Craig Kimbrell. And Kimbrell had Chisholm at second base. Now keep this in mind. Craig Kimbrell does not use the pitch comm device. So he engaged the rubber with Chisholm at second base and not wanting Jazz Chisholm Jr. to see the signs from the catcher. Craig Kimbrell just elected to drop the ball on the mound while he was engaged on the rubber. That is a balk. At that point, the Phillies are up two. You don't really care about the Chisholm run. So he balked Chisholm to third, and the first man that he faced was Avi Garcia. The 0-1 pitch to Avi Garcia is dribbled between the legs of Kimbrell out towards second base. Stott flips it to Bohm. Scoring from third base is Jazz Chisholm Jr. 
It is now a 7-6 game, but there's one out and nobody on base here in the bottom of the 10th inning. And it wasn't looking so good, right? Jake Berger followed Garcia's ground out with a single. Berger tonight had a great first night as a Miami Marlin, and he was batting sixth. Jesus Sanchez followed Berger with a double into the left field corner, an unbelievable at bat in what turned out to be an unbelievable night for Jesus. Runners were at second and third. There was one out in the bottom of the 10th inning. John Birdie with a chance to tie the game. Birdie batting. Berger's at third. Sanchez is at second. What a win this would be if they can pull it off. The 1-0 pitch is a line drive into right field. Castellanos going back. He reaches up to make the catch. Sanchez has got to get to the bag at second base. Berger tags. He scores. Birdie with a sack fly. The Merlins have come back. They've played in a pair here in the bottom of the 10th inning, and we're tied at seven. So that would send us to the 11th. Jorge Lopez, another newcomer into the ballgame for Miami. The ghost runner at second base was Rodolfo Castro. He came on as a defensive replacement. Castro was just traded by Pittsburgh to Philadelphia yesterday. So Castro running at second base. And Lopez had Alec Bohm, the leadoff man, in a two-strike hole. The 2-2 pitches a line drive through the right side. That's a base knock for Alec Bohm. Rodolfo Castro is flying around third. He's going to score easily. Alec Bohm with an RBI single. The lead off the top of the 11th inning. And the Phillies are back out in front. It's 8-7. All right, so that would send us to the bottom of the 11th inning. And Dylan Covey came on for the Philadelphia Phillies. The ghost runner was Jacob Stallings. Stallings had to run because Gurriel pinch hit for Fortes, and that was in the uh, the do, 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 do. that was in the. Now I got myself confused. That was in the tenth inning, I suppose, right? Yes, that was in the tenth inning when he flew out to center field. I'm sorry, no, that was in the eighth inning when he flew out to center field. And uh, Jacob Stallings was the ghost runner at second base in the bottom of the eleventh inning. Dylan Covey on for his first inning of work for the Philadelphia Phillies. Luis Arise flew out to center field. Jorge Soler grounded out to third. Jacob Stallings was still stuck at second base. Remember, he does not have a whole lot of speed. There was two outs. Stallings was at second. Josh Bell, the newcomer, was in a two-strike hole facing Covey. Base hit might tie it. Stallings at second. Covey looks back. And the 1-2 pitch, ground ball hit left side. To his right is Turner. He can't get it into left center field. Stallings will score. Josh Bell, the newcomer, ties it at eight in the bottom of the 11th inning. You have got to be kidding me. So it was 8-8 eight to eight going to the 12th. Maybe the hero of the game, because somebody's got to put an end to this thing, was Tanner Scott. Trey Turner was the ghost runner at second base in the 12th. Tanner Scott struck out Brandon Marsh looking. He struck out Garrett Stubbs swinging, and then he got Johan Rojas to bounce out to Jake Berger at third, and the Philadelphia Phillies came up empty in the top of the 12th. Bottom of the 12th with Dylan Covey still on the mound for Philadelphia. He intentionally walked Avi Garcia with Jazz Chisholm Jr. at second base, and right, understandably, that sets up a double play. But there's also a lot could go wrong, like hitting somebody. And that's exactly what he did. He hit Jake Berger. It loaded the bases in the bottom of the 12th. Coming to the plate for Miami, Covey on the mound was Jesus Sanchez. Sanchez could be the hero. The 0-1 pitch. Here's a swing and a blooper. Left field. 
base hit! The Marlins win it in the bottom of the 12! They have done it! Down 5 nothing. They storm all the way back! A little magic in Miami on a Wednesday! Sanchez the hero! Oh my goodness! 24-1 run wins for Miami! Their seventh walk-off win of the season! Bell and Berger, Scott in the 12. Solaire, Chisholm, they've done it. They have done it. They have done it. A walk-off win, and the Marlins win it 9-8. What a win for the Marlins in Miami tonight. Taking a look at the totals, folks, for you. It's almost midnight. you got to be kidding me. Philadelphia, eight runs, 12 hits, no errors, 13 men left on base. And for the Marlins, nine runs, 13 hits, no errors, and 13 men left on base. Tanner Scott, the winning pitcher, he's 5-4. and four. Dylan Covey, the loser, 1-3, and three, no save in it for either side. Scott, I mean, again, once you get to extra innings, if you get one shutdown performance from somebody, you got a darn good chance to win the ballgame. Start of this ballgame at 641. Total time of game, four hours and six minutes in front of 12,600 and 69 here at Lone Depot Park tonight. With the loss, the Phillies are 58-50. and 50. With the victory, the Marlins are 58-51. Again, taking a look at the box score from this ballgame tonight, multi-hit performances include Josh Bell, who was 4-for-5 at his Marlins debut. Jake Berger was 2-for-4. Jesus Sanchez was ultimately the hero, but there were so many others. Jesus Sanchez was 3-for-5 this evening. Everybody outside of Nick Fortes and Avi Garcia, the regulars, had a hit in this ballgame tonight. The Marlins needed, this is like a spring training game, three, six, eight pitchers to get through this ballgame after Braxton Garrett gave him five innings on the mound tonight. He was followed by Brazoban, Oker, Chagua, Nardi, Robertson, Lopez, and Scott. The Marlins punched out 14 tonight, and that means that $350 will be donated to AutoNation's Dry Pink Initiative to fight against cancer for every strikeout this season. $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you. Let's head down and listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say after the dramatic 98 win over the Phillies. <laughs> well, uh, Skip, first off, just overcoming a 5 nothing deficit, all of the lead changes late. How would you describe the fight that you saw from this team tonight to win this game? Fight, exactly what, how I would describe it. The new guys uh, stepped up and stepped in and um, you show what, you can see what that does to a lineup um, it lengthens it out uh, Bell with four hits uh, Berger couple big hits and hit by pitch and good defense um, Bell good defense as well kind of a weird one off the bag or whatever but otherwise um, the only thing that you know is a little bit concerning was the walks in the fifth or sixth inning. Um, that kind of, you know, snake bit us again. Um, so we got to clean that part up. But other than that, you know, pretty well defensive uh, played game and um, really good job battling back and forth. That's that's not easy in, a, in those uh, extra inning games. The guys starting on second base and all kinds of different scenarios that can happen. And uh, to walk it off like that, you know, it was a really good needed win. A quick turnaround for tomorrow, but does it make it a lot easier to get up for that ball game? No doubt. Knowing that yeah. you won this one. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, we'll be here in, in a few hours, it feels like, after we wind down and finally get some rest and figure out what happened in that game, good you know, good and bad. And I can't just go back to sleep, you know, go home and go back to sleep. None of those guys can either. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a much better feeling coming into the park tomorrow. 
a Tanner in the 12th to be able to get the shutdown inning. Again, you know, with the runner on second, giving up one, being able to match, but be able to get the shutdown inning there. To, and then when I went the top of the lineup was coming up in the bottom half. Tanner did great. Lopez, I thought, even though he gave up the run, I thought he did great. Got out of a big jam uh, with Turner up. And then Chargois did great, you know, providing two innings. Um, I thought the bullpen in general, besides the walks with Braz, uh, did really, really well. Um, the But, yeah, uh, when you have swing and miss, I say it all the time, when you have swing and miss, that can happen, right? You can punch guys out with guys in scoring position. You don't worry about balls being put in play and something weird happening. Tanner provided that for us. And when you get a shutdown inning in the top half of an extra inning game, you feel really good about the bottom half of that. And uh, Tanner did a great job. You touched upon it a bit, but just the early returns on Bell and Berger. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, Bell was here at 12 o'clock today um, and went right to the gym. And he was so he was like getting his body ready. And um, all I've heard is great things. You know, we. It's a small fraternity, this baseball thing. And, I um, mean, you talk to managers and coaches and ex-teammates that have played with these guys or coached these guys, and um, everything is 10 out of 10 makeup, character, work ethic. And I saw it five minutes in. Um, so it's no surprise when you see production out of players when you they don't just walk in and take a bat and go to the outfield, go take BP. Like, he was ready to play at noon after a flight, after getting traded, long day. Uh, and same burger. Burger was, I mean... I had a I had a, I had a hamburger at lunch just for him. <laughs> that's a true story, I promise you. Um, and I might have one tomorrow if we keep doing that. So uh, it was it was a fun night and fun day just to meet all the guys and for them to do that the first game. It probably is it take the, they can take the pressure off. Deep breath. I'm part of this group. Here we go. That first hit, that first play, all of that stuff. The first outing, a score list, whatever it is. You, it just you can take a deep breath when that happens. I've been traded, and that's you just want to get the first hit. And after that, you can go. And um, they did that in a hurry, and it's uh, it was pretty cool to watch. After Wheeler five shutout, and then they get the three runs in the top six, go five nothing to get the back to back home runs from Bell and Jazz. How much do you think that helped spark things and get things going just to get runs on board and do in the way that they did? It absolutely did. You know, we talked about not having much slug in the lineup. Um, and Kim and her group acquired the slug. Uh, Bell sparks it. Jazz, nice to have him off the I.L., um, you know, he just takes good at bats, dangerous at bats, good defense, good base running. We know who Jazz is, but to have that now in the middle of the lineup with Bell and Berger and Jazz, um, you know, that's that's much danger. But Wheeler's good. We know who Wheeler. Wheeler's not. I don't care how many times you face him, it's not easy to face ninety-seven the top and sinkers and good sliders. It's it's a really challenging at bat. So, you know, luckily we got him out when we did, and um, and you know they did. You know, Wheeler did great. Um, we just you know put together at bats late in the game and leverage spots and proud of how they came back and five nothing you know down that's not easy to do against that that team a rise huge sigh of relief when you saw him get up and, and put pressure on the leg after getting slid into i think it was into his ankle yeah he said he was okay yeah he came off okay and um yeah, kind of a stretch. You know, when you stretch for the ball, you kind of expose yourself a little bit on a tough throw. Shaggy throwing a sinker and good play by Shaggy. Good player by Arias. Um, yeah, hard slide. Um, glad he's okay. Uh, Braxton, uh, outside of I think it was in the fourth inning, we gave the four consecutive lead off. Just looked like he was doing what he normally does. He's on the attack, running the front hip sinker uh, to the righties. Good change of today. Thought the curveball played uh, really well. Um, but top of the zone, I thought he he did really well attacking at the top. Um, 
yeah, the the walk in the six, you know, was uh, to start, you know, got him out of the game. But um, before that, I thought he pitched a really well game, really pitched really well and, and kept us in the game and against a really tough pitcher. And that's, you, you got to match him when you're facing an ace. And, and I thought he did a really good job of doing that. With Braxton, his velocity has been up in his last two starts significantly, you know, and I think the fastball, the sinker, just how much of an impact do you think that plays into, I guess, the success he's been having this season? And um, I guess this starts in uh, yeah, I think maybe a mile or so up, and I think, but the blister is healed up, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, but at the top of the zone, when he's ripping it at the top, it's a four seam. It's no longer a two seam or running it uh, front hip. So there's not movement. He's attack on the attack, and I think you'll see a little bit more velo at the top of the zone. Um, and kind of what I was talking about is the the velo at the top really plays well with the the cutter off of that and the and the curveball underneath or slider underneath. So I thought um, I thought his. New toy, new toy, so to speak. Again, he has a couple new ones uh, this year, and uh, that just shows you the pitch ability he has and pitch maker and, and the athlete he is. And as a manager, going to these games you know, tonight, how difficult can the decisions kind of get as you're going deeper into this game when you have less bullpen arms, less depth on your bench? Um, I actually don't think they're hard because we don't have anybody else, right? So you just kind of ran out of guys, and that was it. So it's actually easier when you only have a couple left, and luckily we have some good ones left. Um, and, and, you know, we had st- still have Puck back there, and um, and Soriano, if we needed length, um, hope, you know, we didn't want to get to length because you want length tomorrow just in case. And uh, so Puck was kind of was going to be the next guy um, just because if anything, you know, weird happens tomorrow, we need a uh, multiple inning guy, and so that's why we were staying away from Soriano. The intentional bulk, mm-hmm. have yeah. you ever seen that? Before? Yeah, I've seen it from Kenley in a couple times. Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't care about that runner um, and with a two-run lead, um, and then it really doesn't matter. It's just because they, you know, if you're worried about pitch tipping and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Kinley did it a couple times to us actually uh, when I was coaching a few years ago. Is Robertson just back-to-back games? Is it a matter of mislocation falling behind for him? Probably. I haven't looked at it yet, um, but I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, he'll tell you that he's just missing location where you. Know, not where he wants them. Yesterday, actually, the, the Harper one was where he wanted it. Um, sometimes they're good hitters hit, and uh, that was, you know, a combination. Uh, uh, just one more for me. Uh, Fortes, you know, all season long been so tough behind the plate, blocking pitches, gets hit by the pitch tonight. Just how would you describe just kind of that toughness that he's brought to the field all season long? He works hard. Um, I mean, he's – even the other day with Cabby, I mean, he was still blocking his ass off. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but um, – <laughs> sorry, Jason. But uh, but it, it's true. I mean, you're walking – when he had six or seven walks and then there's things, a ton of walks after that, you still see him working hard and playing the game and really trying to, um, you know, keep us in the game. And um, so when you see that and not giving up and that mentality, that, that shows up in the clubhouse and they see it. Um, so, no, he's done a really good job. Did we actually, I mean, three home runs, a lot of hundred balls, but it's the blue pit, right, by Sanchez, just putting ball play that ends it. Value putting ball in play, yeah. I mean, we have hitters and we have slug now, and uh, which is, you know, we have a lot of hits, um, but not a lot of runs to show for it. Um, hopefully we get a lot of hits with some slug and, and, you know, get some runs now. I got a chance to catch up with Jake Berger, two for four today, played a big role in today's win. Let's hear what he had to say after the game. Well... Welcome to Miami. What kind of guts did your team show here tonight? Yeah, that was fun. You know, that's why I was excited to be a part of it. You know, just uh, battling back always. And, uh, you know, you're never out of it. And uh, you're working as hard as you can, uh, you know, passing the baton, as they say. So, uh, no, that was that was enjoyable. 
guys are down 5 nothing. you battle back. You go down 2, you battle back. What's being said in this dugout throughout that time? We, we never think we're out of it, you know. Um, and that, that was kind of the, the mindset in the, in the uh, clubhouse earlier today and then obviously in the dugout, you know. It's just next man up, let's just keep going, and uh, you never know what will happen. Jake, could you have dreamed about this type of debut? <laughs> no. No, I really couldn't, you know. I probably would have liked to hit a home run, but uh, other than that, man, this is perfect. You know, got got the win, and uh, you know now now we get a chance to uh, win the series tomorrow. Last one for you. What can this type of win do for this type of team heading into a big stretch? Yeah, yeah. You know, we we got a big stretch coming up, and uh, you know I, I think it uh, you know motivates us and shows us that uh, you know we doesn't matter how how many uh, runs we're down. You know, we we can always fight back. Hey, great job today. Go celebrate with your team, man. Thank you. All right, Kyle, back to you. All right, Steven. Good stuff. Thank you, man. Oh, my goodness. All right, Josh Bell, what a debut for him. Let's hear what he had to say after the win. You know, you get here, the first thing you do is hit the gym and get yourself ready. What was the process of making sure that you were prepared, ready to go tonight for this one? Yeah, um, it's definitely a long day. Uh, you know, had a 440 wake-up call this morning and headed off to the airport. Was able to sleep a little bit um, just on the flight and then, yeah, I got here, uh, got activated, um, got in the cage, got some work in, um, took BP, was able to nap just before the game. Um, probably got like a 40-minute nap in, and that made the difference. A pretty good opening opening act here, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, definitely definitely uh, pleased with the at-bats. Um, some balls, you know, went my way. You know, like I said, you know, maybe a, a change in threads, um, change in scenery, you know, balls would start falling for me. Um, and, you know, that the atmosphere in the clubhouse right now, uh, especially after the last two games, um, you know, we needed this win and we need to, you know, come out tomorrow and get the, the W as well. Yeah, the home run specifically in the six after you guys go down 5 nothing. how much do you think that your home run in the Jazz after you helped spark things? Yeah, I mean, obviously any offense, you know, any answer, uh, scratching runs, runs off. I, I think the most important about it, that, uh, that entire game is Solaire tying it up, um, you know, backs against the wall there uh, down to the last out. Or uh, maybe there was one one out at the time. Um, you know, clutch AB using the big part of the field, not being you know um, selfish, not pulling off. Um, you know that guy's the goat. I've been watching him from you know afar for a long time, but seeing it up close and personal and, and that kind of moment is, is definitely huge. Coming to a new club, how much is the balancing act not trying to do too much and but also wanting to make an immediate impact? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you want to perform, you want to play well. Um, I, I think it, it did help, you know, having so many at-bats here. Um, you know, just in my past, I'm, I'm comfortable, you know, in this division. Um, you know, I've, I've seen these guys for, for years and years now. So, uh, you know, there was a bit of newness, but, you know, in the same light, uh, it kind of felt like, you know, I was coming back home, um, at least to this division. So, um, you know, a bit of both. With the forehead debut, like, are you someone who tries to visualize ahead of time or, you know, like, before things happen? Like, would you have imagined or this would have exceeded your hopes for, like, a debut for the club? Um, I mean, I, I like to take it one about at a time, um, you know, especially after that, that first debut, you know, didn't have that, you know, chopper to, to second base and, and vision at all. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, the work day worked for me. Uh, I can rinse and repeat tomorrow and uh, – 
hopefully sleep a little bit longer tonight and, uh, you know, get after it tomorrow. You sure you'll be able to sleep more at the noon game tomorrow? <laughs> no, yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll definitely sleep well tonight. <laughs> Trust me on that. What was that reception like in the dugout after the home run, getting to put on the, the hat and the glasses and just the guys being so pumped because that was a, such a, an important hit at the time to really get you guys back in it? Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, I've, I've never really been a part of any of those celebrations. I kind of just missed it with the teams that I've been on. So, uh, you know, I've seen those from afar. They look like a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, it was it was great. And then, you know, it was over. I had to get it all off and, and pass it off to Jess. But, uh, you know, there, there's no better feeling than that. All right, we're right back at it. It's going to be a 12-10 first pitch, which means I've got Marlins on deck at 11.40 a.m. As always, we hope you can join us. Thanks for rewinding with us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.